Hey everyone, this is Patrick Aubin from the SPMI podcast, and you are listening to episode number eight. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Today we're going to be discussing a very important topic. Uh, This is one that many athletes, they're making these mistakes. And if you're listening right now, most likely you've made at least one of them. And even if you're a parent, you probably made at least one of these and you're totally unaware of it. And these things that we're going to go into are paradoxical by nature. We call them paradoxical because they're opposite of what we think should happen. So we're going to go into the five paradoxes of performance. Now, through the SPMI program, we go through 13 paradoxes, but we're going to cover five today. I think you're going to really like these. I think these are going to resonate well if you're an athlete, a parent, or even a coach, and it's going to definitely help a lot of athletes out there. That's really the goal of all these sessions, to be able to reach out and help you guys with some of the, the struggles that you're going through. But before we go into that, I just want to share why I've been gone for so long. I think that's important. Well... For the past now almost two years, we've encountered a pandemic and all these other things that have happened. And the company has pivoted quite a bit to where we've been working on a membership website for athletes. This is a website that, or I should say a vision that I've had now for more than several years. But putting that vision together took a team. And we wanted to create this because The goal and the vision of this program is to be able to provide a service that would be more cost effective for athletes, in fact, much more cost effective, but would still have a very high level of efficacy in helping them get better mentally. In fact, helping athletes master their mental game. And that was one of the challenges, but I believe strongly that we have come up with a solution, put together an incredible program that will be released in the next four to six weeks. And when this comes out, I'm looking forward to sharing with everyone the details, but this is going to be something that no one has produced yet. At least none that I know of. Uh, It's not going to be delivered the way I'm going to deliver it. And it's going to be just something very special that every athlete, no matter what sport you play, no matter what age, um, well, from 12 and up are going to really be able to utilize this program and get the most out of it. And the goal is to be able to create an immersive experience for athletes so that just like the physical training or the technical training, you ideally the goal is to be able to go out there and perform at your full potential, to be able to automate the mental part of the game, meaning your confidence is going to be higher. You're going to be more relaxed. You're going to know how to warm up your mind professionally to be able to go out there and give your all. And this is a systematic approach that Coaches don't have, psychologists, a lot of them don't have, um, but this is a culmination of over 10 years of working with really over a thousand athletes individually to come up with this framework that's going to help so many of you guys. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that. Just be on the lookout for it. Um, And having said that, let's get into the five paradoxes of performance. So. First, I want to define what paradox means for those listening. Paradox is basically a belief that is contradictory to what we think should happen. Meaning, a lot of times we think something should happen, but in reality, they don't happen that way. 
right? And we're going to go into that because if we don't realize this effect, well, it's like taking a roadmap but going the wrong way and not realizing it. You're never going to get to your destination. If anything, you're going farther away from your destination. So we want to learn, okay, what are we doing now? So that way we can approach these situations correctly. And if you are going the wrong way, well, now's your time to really make that adjustment. So let's start with the first one. I'm going to start with the first paradox, which is called waiting until you're ready to compete will lead to never being ready. <laughs> Let me say that again. The paradox of believing that, hey, you know what? I need to wait till I'm more ready to compete. Well, that actually makes the athlete more likely to never be ready. So I want to explain a, a good example from an athlete I worked with years ago, my early work with athletes. This was a really tough lesson I learned, but I'm so glad that I learned it because it has helped my work significantly ever since. My first year of starting the company, I worked with a professional tennis player and she had approached SPMI because she was struggling a lot mentally and she just didn't know how to improve her game. Now, her coach had approached to, and they had this idea, which at the time, it really sounded like it made sense. And there really wasn't much literature. There wasn't a lot of studies that showed or actually looked to find out, hey, what, what happens if you approach it this way versus that way? But the approach that they came about when, when we first met was, you know, Patrick, I, I really want to work hard on my mental game, and I know I need this, so what I'm my coach and I are planning is just to stop competing for a good six months and focus on just improving the mental part of my performance. So at that time, it sounded great. It was like, okay, wow, let's, let's do it. So we worked diligently on her mental game and, you know, we would meet weekly and we had great sessions and very early on, we saw strong progress. She was improving a lot. Her confidence was increasing. Her focus was better. Her emotional control was better on the court. In fact, after I think it was six weeks, she ended up beating her coach. Her coach is a professional player. So that was a huge improvement. Now, this is when the paradoxical nature took effect. After the course of six months, she's like, well, now it's been six months. I'm ready. I want to go and compete in a tournament. Well, she goes into the tournament and she's as mentally ready as you can be. However, when she plays in this tournament, an overwhelming sense of emotions and pressure overtake her. And there was nothing she could do about it. And she struggled immensely with nerves. So when I spoke with her again, I was kind of, um, you know, at a loss with, with what happened, not understanding it. But the reality is this, our brain, we have to respect certain rules of how our brain operates. And we know through studies, through many studies, that exposure to pressure is critical to desensitizing the brain to fear. There's just no other way around it. So if you're an athlete saying, hey, but Patrick, I got to be more ready before I can compete. I need to be able to get more lessons or I need to be able to get more hours working on developing this technique, I would strongly suggest that you don't use that approach because the only thing you're doing is you're heightening the meaning of the situation, which will increase anxiety more to where when you go out there as ready as you may be technically, you're going to be a mess 
mentally. Because you're going to have such a rush of thoughts and an overwhelming sensation physiologically going through your body of anxiety, it's going to be very, very difficult. And I found this with top athletes. In fact, we've seen this with COVID. COVID shut down so many competitions for a while that athletes weren't competing. So they stopped. And these are athletes that are very high-level, world-class athletes, and they stopped for a good four months or longer. And then when they were re-exposed to the environment, the anxiety was higher than they had ever experienced in a while. And it wasn't because they did anything wrong mentally. It wasn't because they had some new situation that occurred where, okay, now I'm scared or I have this, um, this new responsibility. It wasn't anything like that. It was simply based on the fact that they were not exposed. So one of the fallacies, one of the paradoxes, again, is the paradox that waiting until you're ready to compete will somehow help you perform better. When in reality, waiting until you're ready to compete will lead to you never being ready. Okay, the time right now is now. And the mindset to shift is not, can I win? Can I reach this goal? It's just to get exposure. The goal is to drive down the anxiety, to develop the discoveries, and to improve confidence. So that's the first paradox. The second paradox that I want to discuss is trying to not make mistakes leads to making more mistakes. This is very paradoxical by nature because many athletes, the, the idea is, and it seems like it makes sense almost, like, hey, if I try not to make mistakes, I'm less likely to make mistakes. <laughs> this is not true. Try not to make mistakes. You know what's going to happen? You're inviting fear. When you invite fear, what does that do? That overactivates the frontal cortex. That actually makes you think more, which decreases performance and increases anxiety. So if you want to try to not make mistakes, the last thing you want to do is to think that and to try not to. That's a big part. So, you know, some of the common sayings would be like, yeah, I want to play it safe. Well, playing safe increases anxiety. Right. So that's the other part. And, and, and that's just a natural response to the brain. Let's just see why that happens. Well, the, one of the brain's tendencies is to say, OK, well, I want to protect you. I want to keep you safe. And that works in avoidable situations. For example, let's say there's a person who's afraid of volcanoes. Well, that's easy. Don't live where there's a volcano. Right. Don't live in Hawaii. Don't live in uh, Washington with Mount Rainer and Oregon where there's Mount Hood or any of those areas where you have active or let's say dormant yet kind of active volcanoes because you never know. But if you stay away from it, you're good. Now let's take sports, for example. Let's take your goals. If your goal is to excel in your sport and you want to reach a certain goal with that, whether it's a college scholarship or professional, even just be a better athlete, well, you have to face those fears. There's no way to not make mistakes to get better. So trying not to make mistakes essentially is slowing you down from reaching your sports goals. So then what's the solution? Well, we go a lot into this in the program, but the short version of the solution is to do the opposite. You got to make more mistakes. You got to go out there and embrace it. You embrace it. Your brain has a chance to learn it. Your brain has a chance to process the fear and you're going to go out there and you're going to be playing better and feeling better, performing better. So that's the second paradox. The third paradox I want us to go through is the higher is that the higher your expectations, the lower your performance. I'll say this again. The higher your expectations, the lower your performance. 
Another big, big fallacy. Athletes, and you see this with parents and coaches, will say, hey, what are your goals? You got to make sure that you reach this level by this time. You have to make sure that you PR at this time. You have to make sure that you, you have to be able to win this tournament or your ranking has to be this high. All of a sudden, it becomes an expectation. Oh, but I should do this. Why? Because all these other athletes at my age are doing this. Or because I've had the same improvement for the past two years, so next this year needs to be just as good. Well, if your expectations are really high, it's going to be a lot harder to reach those expectations because expectations are different than goals. Expectations are based on the premise that you should achieve something. No one should achieve something. No one's given that. I don't know, unless you're in a sport that isn't competitive, but people earn it. So expectations, that in and of itself is, needs to be eliminated. People can have world-class goals, beliefs. We, we work on that a lot in the program, but expectations are, are not good. Okay, so the higher expectations, the more likely you're setting up yourself to fail. It just adds a tremendous amount of pressure. Why? Because expectations are based on the future. Expectations are also a type of perfectionism. Perfectionism is based on the premise of flawless performance. Oh, I shouldn't make mistakes. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't know any athlete who's never made a mistake. So expectations work against us. So when you have parents out there, I'm not trying to get on you too hard or coaches. It's a big mistake to say, I expect you to do this and this when it comes to results. So think about that. If the paradox is the higher expectations, the lower your performance, then the opposite needs to hold true. The lower your expectations the higher your performance. I wanna be very clear about this. When I say expectations, I'm talking about outcome expectations, like results. So that's another big one. Let's go into the fourth now. The fourth paradox is the more you focus on data, the worse you perform. The more you focus on data, the worse you perform. Or what I would say data, 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 probably use both interchangeably. But when we look at data, it seems good from the outside. It's like, wow, it's giving me all this feedback. And we see it in so many sports. Um, some sports, just incredible, the amount of feedback they get and the amount of data they can, that's at their fingertips. But I've never worked with an athlete and over a thousand athletes, as I mentioned, who's ever said, Patrick, this data was, was it. This is what helped me. Like, you know, this is the data. When I look at it, it helps me perform better. Data is a great tool when used correctly, but data is terrible for performance. It's terrible for focusing in the moment. And I want to share a couple examples to prove this point. First example, years ago, I was working with a professional race car driver, and this driver was uh, doing much better, and he went to the Indianapolis 500 uh, to test some cars that year for the next season. And the first day he tests cars, he has a subpar performance. He struggles. His times were not very good. And granted, that time, I mean, his, his team gave him like this lap sheet and showed him the average times for these turns and where he needs to be specifically. But then the next day, he remembered our session. He remembered what we spoke about when it came to data. And he told his team, he's like, look, every data point on my steering wheel, I want you to put tape over it. I don't need to see it anymore. 
So they looked at him kind of confused, like, really, you, you don't want to see that? Isn't that important? He's like, no, no I don't want to see any data. They put the tape over the steering wheel, and I forget how many data points it was. It's quite a bit. But now he's driving only based on feel. And that day, he broke the course record. Was it coincidence? No, it's just how the brain works. Data often hurts performance. It looks good on paper, but it's the outcome of what you did in the moment. That's all it is. It's simply showing feedback. Now, can you use it for a positive? Yes, to make discoveries, but I've never known an athlete to think about data and they do better. Self-awareness, yes, that's okay, fine, little things, but data starts to get the mind to overthink, to ruminate, to worry, to try to over-control, and then that hurts performance. You can look at it in every, every sport. If I'm working with a baseball pitcher for their ERA, I don't want them thinking about their ERA. You know, if I'm focusing, if I'm working with a golfer, I don't want them to know about their scoring average. You know, if I'm, fo- if I'm working with an Ironman or a triathlete, I don't want them to look at their Garmin. I don't want them to look at those things that often, if at all. We train to not have it, which sounds so, so kind of uh, paradoxical, right? <laughs> but we found that that helps a lot. So the less aware you are of data, the more quiet the mind, the more you access the subconscious. The more consistent your performance is, the more relaxed you are, the better your state is mentally. Of course, it kind of takes the fun out of it, right? Because we have all these little tools, and they're great for feedback and for learning outside of competition. Take a look at it for sure. But overloading the mind is basically setting yourself up to struggle. So now brings me to the last paradox I want to discuss today. This paradox is the more you care about looking good, the uglier you'll perform. (laughs) It's kind of funny, right? The the more you care about looking good, the uglier you'll perform. Now, when I say looking good, I'm not talking about a vanity point of view. I mean, some athletes, they care about it, but I think most athletes, they want to look good. They care about looking good. It's not the type of looking good like you're walking down a runway. I mean, looking good like technically you want everything to be sound, artistically, tactically, you want it to be done just right. And when athletes fall into this trap, they struggle. They perform worse. They perform ugly. It makes it harder to perform well. Because what happens is that they start to overtry. They start to overthink. And then that becomes this imploding performance of frustration emotionally because like you know they, they start to care more about it their values go towards this and then the other part is what we see a lot of times is that the athlete while they're caring about looking good they're trying to win so now there's two points there so this paradoxical mistake puts the athlete in a position to struggle so then what does that mean well does that mean that the less you care about looking good prettier you'll perform, the better looking you'll perform. Yes, absolutely. The less you care. That definitely you do not want that to be a priority or even on your mind. You want to learn how to win ugly, which is very understated by many, many coaches. They want to look just right. They emphasize and emphasize it. Yes, but guess what? You can't force the brain to learn any faster than it can learn. There's some ways to kind of, um, 
to kind of cheat the system, so to speak. But for the most part, there's a process. And you have to stick with that process to give your brain the best chance of learning efficiently, to learn in, a, in an expedited way, but that's going to stick. We talk a lot about that in the program and definitely in this, this membership that's coming up, we'll be discussing a lot of the details there and how to do that. But you can't force it. So when you have coaches that are getting on the athlete, you know, coaches that are you know, really emphasizing technique and, and, and they're emphasizing this deadline that you need to be here and you need to look like this or it needs to be just like that. Well, there's, that, that's, a very, that's painting with a very broad brush. First of all, we don't know how fast your brain learns, how many repetitions you need. We also don't understand the developmental nature of where you are right now with the stages of performance. Maybe you're working on replacing bad habits or old habits. That could take even longer. And then what type of practice are you using? How are you replacing those bad habits or that old muscle memory? You know, so it's really, it's, it's much more complicated than just focusing on, oh, you have to look good. And then we have what's called the ego <laughs> and going out there and saying, but I need to look good. Why well, I need to look good? Because I don't want to disappoint people. Well, that's another issue. So, you know, it's really important to be able to just be okay with performing ugly and almost for many athletes, make it a goal, get good at it. You know, like, hey, I'm going to get good at winning ugly. I'm going to get good at, at performing ugly because if I get like that, guess what? You're going to care less. This is what's paradoxical. If you purposefully go out there and you embrace looking ugly when you compete, you're going to look better. And I know this is a fact. I've done this before. Like I, I play tennis for those of you know, and I never play tennis. I haven't picked up a racket in so long. I need to go out there. But when I do, I just embrace it. And I end up almost always playing way above my level um, because I remove the ego. If the ego is there, then that's like playing against another opponent and that opponent's tough. You don't want to play against that opponent. So you really want to be able to just eliminate those. And the five paradoxes we spoke about, all of them, just kind of think about them. Think about how you've gone about it differently or the wrong way. And now how you can start to approach it the right way. This will help tremendously in your sport, but also in your personal life outside of it. You won't be fighting yourself, frustrated. It'll allow you, it'll help you to detach um, emotionally from these fixations of, you know, how things need to be. And you're going to be a happier athlete. So that's one of the big goals of this particular podcast. Now, having said that, once again, I just want to re-emphasize that the, the new SPMI membership website will be coming out very shortly. And I'm looking forward to that. And but we're going to do a whole revamp of the website of the company. It's going to be really exciting. And um, something just to look out for um, that's going to help athletes no matter what sport, no matter what age, no matter what situation. And I can't wait to share all the details soon. But we'll also be doing more podcasts once all this stuff is finished. And um, yeah, if any of you out there are looking to train your mental game seriously, I, I highly suggest, highly suggest starting with SPMI. Um, I could sit here and I could talk to you about all the success stories and all the lives that it's helped and changed. 
But if you are an athlete or you know an athlete who truly wants to get better and either is stuck, is struggling, or just wants to get to that next level, just wants to have all the tools, because that's the thing. We have a stigma in the field of mental toughness and sports psychology that, you know, if, if you are training your mind, somehow you're weak, which is ridiculous. Think about this. The mind drives the body. So why wouldn't you want your mind to be at the highest level possible to be able to then optimize everything else you work so hard for? So it's not about a weakness. It's not about, oh, I'm not as good. No, it's about saying, hey, I want to have an edge. I want to be able to truly see what my performance looks like at its highest point when I have all of the tools. So I'm looking forward to you know, working with more of you and, and really love to see your faces also on this new uh, membership website that's coming out. And um, I wish everyone just a, a great day, great rest of the week. Keep training hard. Keep working on your mind, work on your, your performance. And until next time.